Howdy and welcome to Love Letters, a podcast about the games, shows and movies most important to us. I'm your host, Jesse Monroe, and in this episode, I'm joined by a very special guest. He's a 400-foot mutated kaiju, a prehistoric abomination fueled by radiation, hatred and a hunger for deep sea fish. You may know him for destroying Tokyo a few times, that time he fought Rodan, and he also killed Brian Cranston, or perhaps you just know him as co-host of the Dialog Options podcast. He is a study of the dangers of nuclear weaponization and the human condition. And ladies, don't let this heat ray scare you off. It's Kyron Morrison. How you doing, buddy? I, I'm speechless, Jesse. I'm good, though. I'm good. Thank you for that incredible introduction. Um, I have lost track of the amount of times I've destroyed Tokyo. My, I'm, it's my been, bad. It's excessive. Like, at 70, point, 70 years of it at this point. We are going to have a bit of an intervention uh, that's, regarding that's it. But fair. At, at this point, I trust you to kind of curb your own behaviors now that intro the only reason it was a little bit you know i'm not going to use the word eloquent but i uh, put some effort into that one is because we had an extra day to record i'm going to peel back the veil so yesterday despite having i had so many technical issues uh I, i i tweeted out that a few days ago i the cord, the cable from my microphone to my pc literally crumbled in my hand oh my it's a God. bit of a bizarre week <laughs> But I'd written up all the questions for the Godzilla chat, and I couldn't think of an intro. And this is a problem I'm going to start running into more and more come 2024. With more repeat guests, I can't come up with an intro every time. I was literally just going to go, oh, here's this very special guest. Bum, 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 Kyron. That's what it was going to be. Um, but I thought today I could put a bit more effort into it. Karen, how are you? Well, uh, it's for it, you've caught me in the last week before Christmas. I mean, I like many people who I'm sure are in that rush. I'm exhausted, but I'm here and I'm really I'm looking forward to feeling energized. I am going to energize you like with the power of a nuclear bomb. But I do have a question to ask you because I know you've been uh, having uh, been quite busy at work. Yes. <laughs> we, ha- we have a, uh, a Discord group chat, a Discord Enemy of the show, fucking hate Discord. Hey Jesse, how bad is that new Discord app on it's mobile? Just, even the old one was bad. It's I know, but, this, been bad. but that's the thing. That's this one is somehow worse, and I don't right. know how they managed it. It's kind of impressive in a really infuriating way. It's a young man's game. But yesterday, you mentioned that you had a bit of a day, and a bunch of books fell on you. Oh, so you need to hang on, hang on, hang on. So I work in the book section. Now, the books didn't actually fall on me, okay? But they did all arrive at once. So it felt like they were collapsing on me. I can see why you would be concerned because it was a large number that I said. In my head, I literally pictured that part in The Simpsons when um, all the boxes fall on Seymour Skinner (laughs) and he's stuck there for days and he has to use the the vacuum cleaner and the lemon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thankfully, no. Um... And thank God, because each of those book boxes is about 15 kilograms each, so I wouldn't have survived. <laughs> you wouldn't have been on this episode. Yeah, no. Uh, and that's the last thing we need is another another one of the greats passing, because it's been a rough <laughs> it has weeks. But we're here to talk about something something good, something great. We're here to talk about a certain film that dropped in the last few weeks. It's become probably the surprise hit of 2023. It is going to be at... On top of a lot of people's best films of the year list, I think. Uh, I, I am, at the moment, I'm. it's a bit of a battle in my head between about three or four films. And this one's certainly in it. 
we're going to talk about Godzilla minus one. Aaron, what the fuck is Godzilla minus one? Okay, so Godzilla minus one, to to put it bluntly, is at some point it feels like the Japanese were like watching all these Western Godzilla films and are like, what if we just strip the subtext away from the Godzilla movie and just like it's the text, okay? This is this is this is what Godzilla is. Uh it is so on 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 like a ground level, it's a compelling story. It's a found film family film, which will always suck me in. Like you put a fa- a found family in there, I'm in. I'm hooked. I'm on the I'm like I'm invested. But also you've got healthy sprinklings of, you know, survivor's guilt and wartime PTSD and obviously like post-war Japan, post-World War II Japan and like what all that. Uh, but also just Godzilla is there. And what's not to love about that? I mean, love, like be be often crushed by. I mean, we'll get into that because this is a bit of a different beast, wink, um, <laughs> of a Godzilla film. It's the 33rd Godzilla film from Toho, yeah, which is bonkers. As you mentioned before, it's the 70th anniversary. It's a massive year for Godzilla. We've got so much Godzilla stuff coming out um, over the next 12 months or so. I think everyone, look, Western audiences and Japanese audiences see Godzilla very differently because obviously with 33 films, not all of them have really appealed to a Western audiences or even yes. had a Western release. So most people uh, of, of our age, young and sprightly as we are. Our experience with Godzilla started off with the Roland Emmerich film, Zilla. Let's just call it Zilla. Let's call it what it is. Because <laughs> oh, it, was, it, was it was a fucking mess of a film. But then, what, 2016 or so, uh, Legendary relaunched the Monsterverse. We had a Godzilla film come out with um, Brian Cranston and Craven the Hunter. And that was good. I, I didn't mind it. I know a lot of people complain. It's like, well, where's the monster? I thought that build-up was kind of cool, but you, do, you don't get rid of Brian Cranston that quickly. But that then, that franchise sort of quickly devolved into just kaiju fights uh, with human stuff forced into it. And then a few years ago, we had Shin Godzilla drop, which I think caught the Hell attention yeah. of a lot of Westerners. Uh, I know you're a big, big fan of it. And it was such... Godzilla as a character is is a commentary on war and, and nuclear weapons and kind of post-war guilt and all these like very complex environment environmental issues with them as well and Shin Godzilla is like yep yeah, we're gonna bring that back and we're also gonna make massive uh you know big comments about how Japan handled the the tragic tsunami that happened years ago so it was just such a compelling film and minus ones just t- took that and and ran with it how, how did you feel about a I mean for one What's your history with Godzilla as a character? So, I'm, I mean, I, I might make some Godzilla-loving enemies. I haven't watched many of the, like, old Godzilla movies just out of, like, I mean, time, I guess. Like, I just don't have time, really, to watch much stuff. Um, but I sadly, like, I'm sure most people in the Western market, the, was it Zilla you called it? Zilla. Was that the I one th- that was the one with, like, the P. Diddy track? <laughs> yep, yep, and- Fish and the guy who plays Homer's in it, it, it and like has it lays eggs in that stadium, and then they're basically just like little dinosaurs. I'm like, all right. Now okay. look, I, I look back and I give it a lot of guff, but I remember when I was a kid, I had a lot of toys. Oh, I yeah. had like the, the oh, glove, yeah. like Godzilla yep. with your hand, and that was cool. And then there was another one you press down his spikes and he roars. Yep. 
friend of that the show. That was where that was where it started for me as well. Um, and I did look. I didn't know better at the time, so I was like, "This is fun." Big monster destroys city. I'm listening. You put a big monster in a film. I think you and I are very similar in our reaction <laughs> to it. I mean, look, my arguably my favorite film of all time is Pacific Rim. That's a sick movie. I, like it's really good. Uh, because it gets the whole like monster stuff really well, good, but it's just so many like, little Easter eggs like the portal, Glados voice, and all that type of stuff. It's beautiful. But I love a good monster film. We don't get them too much. Look, uh, my partner Sophie and I, Sophie loves Godzilla off the back of the fact that she owns a lizard and that sort of evolved from there. She watches the old Godzilla films with our lizard Grimlock as well. He's a fan. So we went to these Monsterverse films with very high hopes. And again, we like. We like the first one. We like parts of the subsequent ones. Have you watched the MonsterVerse, the legendary yeah. MonsterVerse films? Yeah, yeah. So I have. I remember some really nice shots in the first one. Um, I think was that the one where they were like they dived in. Yeah, the and, yeah hell drop. Yeah, I, yeah, and that I remember being like seeing that in the cinema, just being like, wow. There's that. There's the airport scene where his foot comes down. You probably get a proper sense of scale. And then even the subsequent ones, like King of Monsters with um Ghidorah. And the whole Rodan sequence, like Rodan coming out of that volcano, is one of my favorite scenes in a film. I think it's absolutely magnificent. Yeah. But like we said before, like the story and stuff went a bit bonkers. And I'm, uh, we go to every single one. The day they came out, we are, we are there. We're in gold class. And we have a really bad um, history with these films we get very excited about. I'm going to see in gold class because the other films we saw in gold class, like every single subsequent one was... The Hobbit, um, and then Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not no. blaming us, but we haven't been good luck. Uh, okay. With and look, we're seeing the whole monster thing kind of go downhill. But, I mean, back to Minus One. That's why Minus One feels so different. We don't have this weird somewhat anti-hero hero Godzilla, which Godzilla's been a villain in the past. He's been a good guy in the past. This Godzilla's fucked. Proper fucked. Yeah. He's like, I hate him. <laughs> what did you think of, uh, I mean, he's putting the God in Godzilla. Even the director came out and said, like, Godzilla's meant to be part monster, part God. And yeah. I really felt that in this. Yeah. Honestly, like, from the very, like, the, the first time you sort of see Godzilla in the smaller form, um, at, at the start on the on the um Odo Island, I think it is yeah. there. Yeah, uh, I was just I immediately just like, wow, I'm actually incredibly intimidated by this this version of Godzilla. Like, it's it's sometimes like so. The main one I'm going to go back to is Shin Godzilla, probably. And I really like Shin Godzilla, but what I really liked about one of the things I really liked about it is Shin Godzilla is just like, look, I'm going this way. Like, I'm just going forward. Like. If you get in my way, like, too bad, really. I'm just going to keep going forward. <laughs> when he's in his blood-vomiting slug form, which, if you yeah. haven't seen the film, won't make much sense. Because no. Like, <laughs> there is, this, like, five minutes where he just goes forward <laughs> and kills everyone in his body. Just, like, just goes forward. I'm like, all right, dude. Got to keep moving forward. I respect it. But this one, like, again, this opening island sequence... Granted, you know, they, they the guys are for guns, so they threw the first stone. But uh, Godzilla wasn't having it. Like, and that was again just watching Godzilla do that sort of stuff, like bite down on dudes and just like fling them into the darkness. I was like, wow, okay, um, this is not what I was preparing myself for. I haven't seen Godzilla like kill an individual person, yeah, before. And yeah, when he starts just throwing them and playing with them and squashing them, yes, 
you really understand that you're in for a a very different sort of film. Yes. And that escalates. And he's a group. I'm not going to say he, because I don't think they say it's the he or she. Um, I think they refer to it as it um, throughout the film. But it just becomes more and more grotesque. It obviously has a bit of a growth spurt post A-bomb. But he becomes just like vengeance. That part where he does his heat breath and it's a nuke. Yeah. I watched Oppenheimer this year. And have you seen it? I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, but I did see the uh the the the, the meme going around the internet. It's like, yeah, you can you can go and see Oppenheimer and then see the sequel, Godzilla minus <laughs> one. It's like, oh jeez. Not yeah. wrong either. No, not wrong. Uh, oh jeez. But like everyone built up the the nuke scene. And it is, look, it's incredible. The fact that it didn't get nominated for any sort of like visual effects Oscars is wrong. I would say that nuke scene in minus one is almost equal. It Considering is, the film yeah. isn't all about that, being almost equal to a film that focused solely on that nuclear explosion is quite the effort. Uh, we'll get into like the the human characters because I actually think that's what that's the, the strongest part of this film is the human characters. But there's a character that you and look, obviously full spoilers here, that you think dies in that scene, and it's instant. Yeah. And it's fucking devastating. Like that you could feel the cinema get like tense at that yeah. moment. That it just, just absolutely ripped apart. Look, let's get into the human characters because this is the part I don't think either of us expected to love as much as we did. You mentioned the found family side of things. Do you want to explain that a bit more? Yeah, sure. So um, our, our main character, I guess, is uh, Koichi, Koichi Shikishima, um, who was a, a kamikaze pilot who has essentially sort of abandoned his duty um, and, long story short, finds, finds his way back to Tokyo after all the stuff goes down on the island. Um, and he's just he's just enjoying a meal, like in, I guess, like their, their town square or whatever. And this woman runs into him. And well, he he go. I, does he try to block her? It looks like he tries to like, block her or something. Yeah, there's a woman running away from the authorities. And yes, hands him a baby. Yeah, and then <laughs> just keeps running. Yeah, and so then he he sort of just sits down with that baby, considers leaving it, but even he can't doesn't have the heart to do it. Karen, what are you doing in that situation? Oh, man, I just I, look. I can't, you can't just leave a baby like that. I don't know, man. I, don't, I, just, I think I'd give it. I like. Oh, if you could find still, someone. Yeah, just, do people still put like a baby in like a box near a fire, like a fire station? That's sort of thing. I mean, maybe Was not everything. Maybe not after a world war. After a war, mm, <laughs> Tokyo's not looking too good. And yeah, I don't know. It's a that's a it is a tough call. Um, but I do like that he has that moment where he's just like, okay, look, I'm leave I'm leaving this baby here. Goes to leave the kid, looks back and just goes, no, can't do it. And then he, he eventually um. Uh, finds her, uh, Noriko, I believe. Noriko. What I, what I love though, he doesn't find her. Like he goes to leave and she's just been waiting down the alley. Like, and she's just like, you were in the open. I couldn't just come out and see you. They would have found, they would have spotted uh, me. I love that she's frustrated. Like, why the, why didn't you get up? Yeah. There? Like, what are you, why'd you just sit there? On, do something. <laughs> and that becomes like a whole thing of, because when he comes back to the town, he finds you know, his parents have been killed in a bombing raid. Tokyo's been Tokyo has been decimated, and his neighbors there, and she's lost her two children, I believe, two or three, he, but yeah, de- lost her children. 
he's already feeling sort of survivor's guilt from that attack on the island. He's feeling guilt for not sacrificing himself, which he believes is sort of the greatest thing that he, he could do with his life as a kamikaze pilot. And he comes back and he's directly faced with his own personal loss, the devastation around him, and then just like on a really like in-your-face sort of level, that neighbor who just said, you fucking did this. Yeah. So when he takes in the baby, it, it's him trying to have purpose in his life. Yeah. And there's this whole kind of, I don't want to say it's a montage, it's not a montage, but it, it skips a, a period of time where he gets a job, but you start to see the town rebuilding. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite scenes in the film. Just the way that Tokyo starts rebuilding, and because he gets a good paying, dangerous job, his house builds up a little bit quicker than everyone else. It's it's a little detail, but I, I thought that was really good and it really helped, like a better term, humanize the human characters. They were still suffering. Everyone around was still yeah. suffering. And I think in uh sort of Comparison to Shin Godzilla, which was very much about the the political side of things, like the the red. It was about a political like red tape. It was a That's satire. So it was. Yeah. It had some genuinely funny moments with Shin Godzilla. Hideki Anno came in with a specific goal in Shin Godzilla, and he achieved it. <laughs> absolutely nailed it. Actually, I really maybe I'll watch that. Maybe that's gonna be my Christmas movie this year. Shin Godzilla. Hell make yeah. that make that a, a bit of a tradition. But in this film, we don't really see the government. We just see the kind of ramifications of, the de- of their decisions and how it kind of affected the whole city. And look, you're going to listen to YouTube shows and other podcasts and people who are a lot more equipped and less tired who are able to really delve into the nitty gritty of the whole like post war pride and, you know, the, the, the guilt of everyone how and how that kind of affected. Japan for so so long, you know we're not going to break that down too much because I don't, oh, that's above our pay grade. I reckon. Yeah, no, I think you're right. <laughs> I don't want to talk about other human characters. I call them the boys. Okay, oh, the boat, the boat boys, the boaties, <laughs> the captain, the kid, and the doctor. <laughs> so what a crew! Apps like I, I want to say I would, I would l- love to drink with them. There are scenes where they all drink together and they are just bros but they're actually being upfront and they're honest with each other it's such japanese films and dialogue and i guess not just japanese but a lot of international films is written so differently to american and australian and like british <laughs> bullshit yeah it's real and it's raw and people actually react believably and they're frustrated with each other but like they're complex i could watch these guys just getting pissed all day <laughs> And like I'm sure we'll talk about it more later, but that's one of the overall strengths of this, this movie is like you become so invested in human characters that you can just I could just watch them their story unfold. Yeah, exactly. They all have just little little parts to play, little lines here and there. I think when it comes to characters, my well, one of my favorite film, moments of the film is they have a big we're sort of jumping around the plot, but we're we're gonna do that. Let's face it. They come up with a plan to defeat Godzilla. And we'll get into the plan because the plan's a proper crazy. Joel's description. I went and saw this with Joel last night from uh, my, my, my fellow Dialogue Options podcaster. And he had a great way of describing it, which when we get to the plan, I'll, I'll mention it to you, Jesse. Excellent. Uh, they come out of the building and the kid, I'm just going to call him the kid, 
he he wasn't in the war, but he romanticized the war. He heard stories of people being heroes, and he thought like you know, like, kind of like um, uh, Koichi. He thought like sort of his great thing to do in his life was to lay down his life for his country, and he thought that going to war was absolutely like uh, an amazing thing. So he sees his own personal war as fighting Godzilla or being part of the crew that fights Godzilla. The captain, the doc, saying, up, no, no, not happening. And he's screaming at them. Uh, he's like, give me, give this, give me this. And the captain just says, we're giving you a future. And he walks off. Oh my. Yeah. That hits so, so hard. So that, because like, yeah, because they, they say that like when they're already away from him, like they, they say yeah. that to each other as he's like yelling in the distance. And like the part as well where the captain tells him that like not being in a war is something to be proud of. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh. That, that captain. He's great. He's great. awesome. <laughs> Have you seen the internet really thirsting over the dock? I haven't, but I'm not surprised. I'm not. He's a charming fella. He's smart. yeah, he is. I think he has some of the greatest hair I've seen in film. Yeah, it's brilliant hair. If I, I'm gonna say, if I die, I'm gonna be confident <laughs> here. If I die and I come back as anyone, I want it to be an, an really like intelligent Japanese man, like a doctor or a scientist, with curly hair. Yeah. Because there's something about that that is, he's he has the second biggest monster in Tokyo. Okay, swinging <laughs> dog. Let's go back to Koichi. Okay, before we start talking about the doctor's dick too much, what did you think of uh, Nariko? I mean, I was going to say his wife, not his wife. That's the point. I know, and again, that scene is so good. Um, I really liked her. Like. I thought her like the fact when when he's like trying to find out it's like okay um is this your kid she's like nah it's like just given to me and it's just like of course like that makes sense just the the interesting way their relationship develops like when they're having that dinner sequence and she's in the kitchen like washing the dishes and she can clearly hear the conversation and then the next time you see her she's like I'm gonna get a job that way you can you can find a wife it's just like guys just come on now <laughs> I feel like. If this is like an American film or a westernized film, the whole part about them being, you know, unwed, but they're looking after a child and they're living together would have been what the big human drama of the film. I mean, fuck, in the legendary films, we have, you know, spilling coffee to beat be Mechagodzilla, um, oh my a God. old radio that plays whale sounds. Like, it's just, it's stupid bullshit. I feel like the westernized version of this film would be really caught up in that. But I like how the people around them are like, this, look, this isn't the norm, but fuck, none of this is. Yeah. Not, we like, what struggling, is, we're trying to make it work. What is the norm anymore? Like after what's happened, it's like everyone, like as soon as they find out that it's not anyone who finds out, you know, that she was given the child, but it's like, oh yeah. I mean, Hey, yeah. You, you're trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Here. Exactly. Even the neighbor who hated Kuisha yeah. came back is like, I can see you're trying to do the right thing here. I miss my kids. I will help. Like when she, yeah, when she gives him like the last of uh, some of her, like her rice. And she's still the comment. Girl. She's like, it's not yeah. for you. It's for the kid. Yeah, the kid. It's none of these characters were one dimensional. Koichi could have easily been super one dimensional because all he yeah. wants is basically to finish his own war, which is because he thinks he, he took the coward's way out of the war itself. He wants to fight Godzilla. And sort of give himself peace that he thinks he's going to do that through dying. He could have easily been one-dimensional, but he's he's not. He, Karen, 
he chooses to live. He chooses to God. Yeah, yeah God, I'll live. You could, I, you could literally spend like the entire back half of this episode talking about that entire last sequence. Like, even though, like, I think, I mean, so how, like, it, okay, hang on. Let me get my thoughts in order here because <laughs> what makes it great is he does choose to live. But even though the, the, I don't tell you exactly what he can do to live but you know you as you're watching you're like oh okay there's probably going to be an ejector seat okay um but because of the the noriko plot line dangling there he he still might not like you know like he has the out but like because he doesn't know again we're, we're full spoilers on this right like oh, yeah, yeah, go for it <laughs> yeah because he doesn't know that noriko is actually still alive which man when that telegram arrives back at the house with um his neighbor and the kid, I was just like, oh god, <laughs> Koichi. I'm gonna Koichi. Well, I mean, like I said, we're jumping around the film. I'm gonna jump right to yeah, the yeah, end yeah. here. Yeah. Do you think he actually died? I have I have a bit of a theory because there's a part, and it is the most de- one of the most devastating parts of this film where he has um flashbacks when he, he has like dr- nightmares about Godzilla and, and you know everyone dying. And he wakes up and he's convinced that he's dead. That's oh, devastating. It's and devastating. He's like, man. he's like, how do I know I'm not just rotting on a beach somewhere? And that line stuck with me. And I'm thinking, no, I think he lived. Could he be seeing what he <laughs> like? I think he did as well. But part of me is like, what if he didn't? Because look, she, for somebody who got nuked, she was looking good. We could, I mean, so there is like, they give you, they don't give you a reason. They absolutely don't give you a reason because, like, honestly, even nuke aside, it the the explosion blows her away, and then the implosion sucks back in. So, like, oh my I'm god, like, I forgot about that part. Oh yeah, my god, it's insane. Uh, but they do have that lingering shot on her neck of like what looks like like a little Godzilla sort of thin or something on her. So I don't know if like. She survived because she's like got some regenerative properties from Godzilla now. I don't know. And we probably never will know. I was wondering about that. Well, look, the director command said he he's keen to make a sequel. He's also keen to make a Star Wars film. Uh which I can't I kinda of want another Godzilla from him before a Star Wars film, honestly. Oh, I mean, fuck <laughs> Star Wars old news, fuck it. More yeah, get, please, more Godzilla. We do get a teaser at the end that, you know, Godzilla's not dead. There's also oh um look. They're, they're very easy to debunk, but it's quite a fun little thing to look at. To consider um, Shin Godzilla comes after Minus One, and Shin Godzilla Did- is the reforming body. Because yeah. Shin Godzilla is all about uh, this fucking blood-spitting slug, slug boy <laughs> comes out of the sea and slowly evolves into Godzilla. And there were plans for that Godzilla to continually evolve and then become humanoid and they become basically a planet and they become the universe they become like this great consciousness that we all live inside he was meant to be go from lizard to godzilla to god and then to something more which classic classic anno (laughs) have you seen some of the uh uh some of the, the key art for those possible ideas i actually haven't proper fucked i bet like again um, I sat, I I am a fan of Evangelion, so I know what sort of stuff is cooking up in Anno's head. So, is he okay? Uh, I think he is now. I think he is now. He's now okay. Cool. I'm not sure if you've watched like the last of a rebuild Evangelion Evangelion films, but I think he's doing better. Good for that, him. That, that makes me makes me happy because he's 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's had, and look, he's had an interesting uh, relationship with his audience, which is completely off topic, but um, I don't blame him for sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I understand how you got to where you did with, with these stories you're telling. But uh, I think he's doing better now. I hope. Hey, friend of the show. If you're yeah. out there and you're listening, peace to you, King. <laughs> Karen, you mentioned watching this twice. Can you yes. please give us, tell us more about that. What, what was your experience of watching the film? Well, so the very first time, the initial reason, obviously, I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard really good things about Godzilla Minus One. I definitely want to see it. And then I sort of was coming to IMAX in Melbourne. And I was like, well, obviously, I want to see the big lizard on the big, the biggest screen. So that was the prime move for seeing this movie the first time. And it was incredible. Like, seeing it on a screen that large, like, oh, some of those, some of those scenes really popped on that massive screen. I regret not seeing it on the biggest screen possible. It was insane. <laughs> One of the most... The annoying thing about this film is it's it's so big, but cinemas, look, naturally didn't think it was going to be the biggest film of the summer, because why would it be? It has been a genuine surprise how much money this film's bringing yeah. in, and how much people want to watch it. Every cinema that has it sort of in my area, tiny cinemas, and they're doing like one, two screenings a day. Mm. None of the big, like, VMAX, it's basically, go see it on like a, a little boutique cinema. So I went to Pentridge, uh, which is my favorite cinema in Melbourne, admittedly, but it's a small screen. Or go see it in IMAX. There was no in-between. Yeah. And I know in America, they opened up like 400% more cinemas with this film after a, few, after a week or two because of how big it got. But Australia just... Australia done fucked up. I know. But I mean, I have to say, I'm not sure how it is around your cinemas, but um, because it was announced to come to my local last week, which is why I was like, shit, i got to see it again. i got to go see this movie again. It's so good. Um. But and I was like, oh, it'll probably only run for a couple of days. But it it basically got sessions sh- for like a week and a half after that, pretty much up until like Christmas Eve. And I'm like, that's really good. And I saw it in, I mean, again, it's Bendigo Cinemas, so it's not too massive. But it was in Cinema Number Two, which is one of their bigger ones. And there was a fair few people in there, which was I was like, yeah, hell yeah, you've all got good taste. Good. <laughs> it, it, it's really been good seeing the word spread. And yeah, more and more people seeing it. Like so, like. You went and saw it again last night with Joel. Yes. What did he think of it? He loved it. <laughs> he was very into it. That man, like, if he... Joel, you know, love you, buddy, but you love everything. Okay? I know, I know. But they were, they were, like, sitting next to him, there were definitely parts, like, especially in that last, the last little sequence, I felt like, I was, he was, like, sitting forward. He was invested. Yeah, he was into it. I'm like, hell yeah. Get into it because yeah, that la- the entire last sequence is like had its hooks in me, and even even the second time, knowing all the beats, I was still just like, God, I'm on the edge of my seat still. Look, let's talk that final sequence. Let's talk the plan. So, for various reasons, they can't send the military after Godzilla. It's again, it's the off-screen government polit- political bullshit that is damaging the people. So they band together all these ex. Uh, ex-military people, they've, they've survived the war and there's a lot, they have a big group meeting and there's a lot of guilt in that room because I feel like a lot of them took, quote-unquote, the coward's way and they, they feel like they shouldn't be. like Because they haven't died, they haven't done the right thing for their country, which was a big thing in, in, in post-war Japan because it was very much... Said that's why they had kamikaze pilots who volunteered because the greatest thing you could do was lay down your life for your country. And I guess that was the same with most armies because war's pretty fucked. Um, yeah, it oh, is. Hey, Karen, it is. 
I'll say it. That's my Christmas message. Okay, I'll fucking say it. <laughs> but they come up with a plan to defeat. Can you tell us what that plan was? Okay, so I don't I don't know the names of like all the all the the small scientific terms they use, but what I will describe it to you as I I will describe it to you as Joel described it to me. Ultimately, the plan was to give Godzilla the bends. Outstanding, outstanding. <laughs> Drop Godzilla fifteen hundred meters, meters, meters. Yeah, into the ocean, and then if that didn't work, just pull him back, pull it back up. <laughs> so, the Doctor, hot Doc, we'll call him. He goes up there, and you find out that he's worked with the government, with the military. He has, you know, he's a known quantity within those fields. Comes up with a plan. And in showing the plan, he they also just blatantly show one of the things that when you watch Godzilla, you're like, what's he standing on? I know, right? Where's his little feedies at? Because my immediate thought is, have you seen um, pictures or video of how a crocodile looks underwater? When yes, I have. It yeah. just <laughs> standing really goofy, just sort of floating along. Yeah. I'm like, well, does Godzilla do that? But then sometimes he kind of stands up prone. Like, what's he standing on? And in this demonstration he gives, it's just like, well, I've got Godzilla um, standing on a pallet, <laughs> like a wooden <laughs> pallet. I don't think you're like, does he have that? <laughs> like, is it a Look, thing? it's not a well-known fact, Jesse, but Godzilla is a massive fan of The Last of Us. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's a mod I need to see. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing is, we're going to pump the ocean full of Freon gas. Freon gas is like the poisonous gas they have in refrigerators. I don't think they're allowed to use it anymore because they're probably pretty fucked up. But to aerate the water, very much Metal Gear Solid fighting vamp, okay, which is yeah, big fan. Thinking of the above the ocean, and if that if he doesn't get crushed, we'll pop him back up. And I like how you're like, hey, hey, gonna pop him back up. And this guy's like, oh, <laughs> I come from Tokyo Balloon Concern. Yeah. I run the biggest balloon manufacturer in all and- of Japan. <laughs> I also. I love that reveal that it's like, oh yeah, take a look out the window and everyone gets up and looks. It's just like, they push a button and then there's this giant balloon inflates. <laughs> and I'd be like, all right, I guess I guess this is what we got, guys. I, I, like before they all came in, it's like, okay, cool. We're going to have all the all the boys come in today. Um, we've got snacks. We've got some food, tea, coffee. <laughs> um, Daryl, you're on balloon duty. I saw what you did with that thing yesterday. <laughs> it was art, okay? So I need you to help downstairs. I'll give you the signal, okay? When I wink, okay? If I, if I pull my hat twice... Launch the balloon. (laughs) Oh, God. And it works. Well, like, the plan works. It doesn't work and kill him because Godzilla goes down the bottom of the ocean. He sort of collapses in himself a little bit. But at that point, we'd already seen kind of, I guess, a fight between the lads on their wooden boat when they're collecting mines. So intense. And it's, it's tense. They blow a mine in his mouth and it just grows back. And he's like, oh, wait, yeah, I forgot that in a lot of Godzilla oh. films, he can just regenerate. Yeah. Like in, in the MonsterVerse ones, Ken Watanabe had to give him a nuclear bomb uh, and turn him and orange. What I do also like about that sequence as well, where they, even though it's just like, oh, okay, Godzilla can regenerate, it also is what gives Koichi the idea. It's like, oh, hang on, vulnerable from the inside. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, oh. maybe a bigger explosion. <laughs> Can we talk about that also? I know, again, we're jumping all over the place because this film has fucked us. The scene where Godzilla destroys the Navy, the Navy boat, the ship, from and it's just that blast or... that comes up. So I really, Whoa. I again, I could de- dedicate like another like 20 minutes of this episode to how cool the heat ray is. 
But what I really like about the heat ray is how they show up from the first time, but you don't see it. You just see the, it goes underwater and then suddenly you see the blue glow and then straight up through the bottom of the boat, bang. I was like, whoa, that's cool. The way when he does the the, the big nuclear blast in Tokyo, how his fins, his dorsal fins pop out. Like almost like um like you like rods, like uranium rods. Oh my th- And then just the way they slam they back in, in. And there's oh. that little like millisecond. It, yeah. It, they don't just go in and they launch it. It's go in, wait, bang. Oh my god, it's so well directed for fifteen yep. million fucking dollars. I know it's how insane they made what they did. It's an absolute miracle. It's ridiculous. But back to the plan. We mentioned before that you know he chooses to live because of the uh, what do you call it? The ejector seat. Now the ejector seat thing was pretty obvious because when they're describing this plane, I want to discuss the plane in a moment. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> local they, fighter prototype, local fighter Shinden. <laughs> they they say. Oh, they took out the uh, the eject- the ejector, which again was meant to be commentary about how uh, kind of uh, I I love the doc's were. the doc's speech at the table, like where they talk about how like the country treated lives too cheaply, talks about their you know their poor tanks, and yeah, it's just like oh Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's movie. It's really weird. Have you been to Japan before? I have not. Sadly, okay, let's go. Let's do it. Let's plan it now. I would love to. Let's cut this podcast. We're going to stop planning now. Simon's <laughs> in Japan, as, as we speak. I know. Thanks that for the bastard. invite, you prick. Um, when I went there, and again, this is definitely a conversation that's above my pay grade, but you go to all, like for one, you go to the um, Hiroshima and you go to the, the, the bomb museum and it's, you, you, we, you cannot have a dry eye at the end of that. That is yeah. probably the most haunting and important things I've ever ever been to but also there was an island i can't remember what it's called i just call it rabbit island it's 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 covered in rabbits uh little rabbits and they're not scared of people they'll come up to you like you can lay down you put like lettuce on yourself and they'll jump all over you adorable the reason that it's overrun with rabbits is because they used to experiment on them uh and then the war ended and they abandoned there's a band on the island and then the rabbits are overpopulated they came back eventually and they made museums and stuff like that it's really cool. I don't know what it's called because it's definitely worth doing if you, if you go there. But there's a few places and there are plaques basically being like, we will never repeat what happened. Like, there's a genuine feeling of like remorse and looking back on it, Like, that was genuinely horrific. And while other countries, America, glorify, and look, and Australia, glorify kind of wartime immediately heroics and stuff like that, or you ought to recall it, glorify it way too much to the point of becoming like really like weird nationalistic bullshit. And look, Japan has a whole different thing with that. But I I, I found their attitude towards it was really different to what you used to in kind of Western media. And I like how that really reflected through in this film. It was like, now nah, we treated life way too cheap. Yeah. And it it, it was powerful, especially seeing all, all these military people like yeah, we we deserve to live still. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. He describes it. It's like another, like not a not a fight to the death, but a fight for the future. I, oh, think, so, no, it, I think it was. This isn't a fight to the death. This is a fight to live. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my god, what a fucking <laughs> film! I know it's I, ridiculous. I need, it's so I need good. to watch this again. I need to watch it again. But okay, let's talk about this plane because it was just backwards. They just yeah. put the propeller up. <laughs> they, they, they literally just turn the chair around in a plane. It's like, yep. <laughs> one, one thing I felt was clever, and um, I 
it's the because uh, even though like again it was pretty clear it's going to have like an, an ejection an ejector seat sorry with that did you think the ejector seat was going to be powered by one of those balloons oh my god i uh i turned around to i Sophie didn't until now thinking that i was the smartest motherfucker in the cinema but <laughs> i bet you can put one of those magical balloons in his chair <laughs> i i didn't think that i'm afraid <laughs> What, what I was going to say is I kind of appreciated that um, the instru- the uh, label on the seat wasn't written in Japanese. So, at, like, you know, to try to catch the Japanese viewers, oh. like, off guard as well. Because if it was in Japanese, I'd be like, oh, yeah, ejector seat, like, right there. But um, I did appreciate that, that it wasn't in, yeah, Japanese. Nice. Like, I didn't I didn't pick up on that. That's a, that's a really, really nice touch. But, yeah, at the end, he just flies this thing down Godzilla's gullet. <laughs> Blows so, the fuck up. That in oh, again, like I said, the entire last sequence, I um I do like so that, that whole plan first is to lure Godzilla away with like that sound of like playing back Godzilla's own roar at Godzilla. One of the things this movie, because again, it's a very serious movie, but there are moments of just like just really well timed comedy, like when they've done that plane they're like excellent okay godzilla's coming you get that shot of the ship like hurled back onto the harbor and you're like huh Huh. they're like yeah the sound team's destroyed i'm like clearly (laughs) clearly that hasn't worked (laughs) i was like oh we're gonna launch this plane at 11 o'clock everyone be there at eight it gets to nine o'clock ah he's here Oh, Fuck. shit, Godzilla. Didn't respect the schedule. Let's do it it anyway. We'll do it it live. Okay, we'll do it live. So, yeah, all that incredible. Um, But, yeah, when Koichi's just, like, taunting Godzilla in the plane, my my housemate who I saw this with the first time in IMAX, like, once again, summarized what the best way to describe that perfectly. You might be like this as well. He is and I am. Godzilla being us and Koichi in his stupid little plane being that one fly in your house. And you're just like, yep. Godzilla could have kept going. It was just one plane, but Godzilla's like, no. I could have you, fallen fly. I'm going to smack you. it out of the air with a DVD cover. Because it's either that or Godzilla recognized Koichi and was just like, I swear to you God. Son of, you son of a bitch. It was you. <laughs> Leave me alone. See, yeah, that whole plane sequence was so goddamn tense because it's also happening against Another quite comedic thing of when they're tying these balloons around Godzilla and the boats just crash into each other and like I know, but it's like cool guys, this is going to happen. So brace. I think one of the things I really like about Japanese Godzilla films is when they need to make a plan of how to defeat Godzilla, they come up with an actual plan. It's not like yeah, we'll get a bigger bomb. Yeah, just bomb it harder. We'll nuke him. Bomb him harder. Two bombs this time. How, how about yeah. that? Oh, we're not involved with this fight because Ghidorah's here. Let them fight. Or, oh no, Eleven from Let Stranger Things spilled coffee on this fucking... Oh my God. That may... So, we'll, we'll get to those films in a moment. Uh, those Kong Godzilla movies, man. I'm not feeling them. You know what? Fuck it. Let's get to it now. Let's deal with the fucking the Kong in the room. What the fuck? I don't know. I cause because like you said, the first legendary Godzilla, I was like, okay. And King of Monsters was pretty fun with Ghidorah and all that. Monster. And like Kong Skull Island, also very good. Underrated. I actually really like that film. Yeah. You, it's a you good mentioned film. how the like Godzilla films can have these really comedic moments. 
There's a moment oh in that God. film where is it the bomb with regard to bombs? Yeah, is it Gareth? No, it's not Gareth Sinise. Is it? Was it? He I looks like Gareth Sinise. It's this big dramatic moment. It's like a Zack Snyder oh. moment. It's all in slow motion. He pulls up these grenades and he walks towards the skull crawl and he's like, "Bring it! Like, kill me and you'll all be dead." And it just smacks him out of the way. And it's oh so funny. It's the antithesis of what this film, what minus one's about, because that is a life just thrown away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Skull Island, Skull Island's good. Yeah. So what it was, and then we, then we had Godzilla versus Kong. Yes. Because <laughs> that's a fair fight. <laughs> when we went and saw this at Gold Class, I remember walking into cinema and Sophie was buzzing, and she was she wanted to find out who in the cinema was quote going for Kong, and wanted to just bash him. <laughs> she wanted yeah, to no. fight people. If you're going for Kong in that movie, Kong's shame. A fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck King Kong. <laughs> he's not even King Kong. He's just a little man with an axe. Who's betting against the, the the lizard that shoots a heat ray? Yeah. Okay, cool. You got a, you got a, a monkey that's cosplaying Kratos. Fantastic. Like, he can only Gun fight because he has part of Godzilla. <laughs> and then they start introducing the, the Hollow Earth thing, which they could have done cool, but they didn't. And because they have to do that, then suddenly people have like futuristic... Uh, vehicles and stuff and legendary whoever's making these films you need to understand how it sounds weird to say immersion breaking when you've got a movie about you know giant moths versus giant crow <laughs> made of fire but the most immersion breaking thing is it's like oh no we have this massive magical plane i'm just like well, what do you what do you mean <laughs> excuse me it's meant to be like people versus Monsters, all like trying to survive monsters, not the fucking Starborn versus these lizards. <laughs> that was kind of my problem when, like, when that was have a their, their version of Mecha Godzilla. I'm like, I'm sorry, you would just you just built this, you built you built this, like all all of that. Why build, right. build a big gun? Build <laughs> Fill the Hollow Earth with fucking concrete. I don't know what you need to do. My my, I, look, I'm getting. We've been talking a lot about you know, war and politics in this episode. But when 9-11 happened, America didn't make a fucking Mecca or Osama, did they, to fight him? Hey? No. Because it's not a good idea. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Although, I'd watch a shit that film. <laughs> Osama versus Mecca or Osama. You might conjure it into existence. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but before we <laughs> deal with that good film, we have to deal with Kong X, sorry, Godzilla X Kong, which I hope they, I hope they kiss. I hope they I have fucking to roar. What, what? So is it? So it is called Godzilla X Kong, isn't it? Yeah. So it's Godzilla and, Cause, and Kong. Because the trailer is, I mean, again, whatever. It's the first trailer, but it feels very much just like, hey, it's Kong. Also, Godzilla's there. He's pink now. That's what these like, films always cool, feel I like. Guess. like yeah. I feel like a legendary kind of said, "Do they oh, own people- Kong?" Yeah. Okay, and they're probably licensing, I guess, Godzilla from Toho, maybe? I believe so, and I also uh, think that, hmm. being made for American, Western audiences, yeah. Kong is their boy. Yeah. Godzilla Japan. So they're going to really put the effort into Kong, and I think they've they've put their money on the wrong monkey because everyone wants this fuck lizard to absolutely <laughs> annihilate. It, if I directed this film, the first 30 seconds would have Godzilla biting Kong's ribcage out and then winking at the camera. <laughs> and we're done. I forgot, and 
we have For a good God's vision. sake, is if I recall correctly, don't we only really get into the Hollow Earth because Godzilla just blows a hole down into it? Is that how that? Yeah, because he, no, he definitely he, like shoots a heat ray down, and he's like, right. He just fucked this shit bad. Forty-four. I'm gone. I'm not done with you. And they go to the Hollow Earth, which somehow has a sun. I don't understand how that all works. <laughs> and yeah, it's all about Godzilla's um, kind of relatives and his ancestors. But then that's what this film seems to be about. So there's a, a, there's, a there's a new ape in town, the Scar King. This is all I know about. Do you think Do you think the Scar King will have two Godzilla axes? I don't know. Oh, we'll have a Godzilla <laughs> machine gun. But well, apparently he has a buddy, which is like some sort of like crystal turtle. Which I mean, look, crystal turtle. Okay. I, I can go for crystal all turtle. Right. That's okay. I can. That's I'm, like, I'm listening to crystal turtle. But at the end of King of the Monsters, you see all these other monsters, and they're incredible. Like that big spider. Um, they have big, big skunk ape. Um, there's. <laughs> All sorts of bugs and fish. Okay. Show us them. Don't show... You can make anything a monster. Anything a monster. And they went, okay, so we've got a lizard and a monkey. Um, Fuck, what should we do for the next one? Second monkey. Second, Second monkey. Mo- I've got another monkey. Well, we did, a, we, did a, we did a metal uh Godzilla, metal lizard in the last one. Can we do a metal Kong in this one? No, we can't. Okay. How about just another Red. monkey then? <laughs> All right. Hit me, hit me out. Red Kong. <laughs> Red Kong. Is Andy Circus? is he still in the suit from doing Planet of the Apes? <laughs> Can we get him to do it? And do this little boy monkey? You know what the monkey looks like? He looks like um the monkey from Futurama. That oh Fry goes to um, yeah. university with. Oh boy. All right, well now I can't see oh, this I, movie. I can't see that now. I only just thought of that as well. <laughs> God damn it. And then, of course, we've got the whole thing of him running and it's a bit goofy. Look. It's pretty funny. If we're going to get these more... Serious films from Toho. Legendary, go lean into it then. Lean yeah. into it being bonkers. Because you know what film leaned into itself being bonkers? Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim knew what it was. Okay, these films kind of don't because they're dumb, but they're also trying to be very, very serious. Remember that scene, I think it was in Pacific Rim, where one of like they use like a train, like a series of train carriages. Yes, they it's do. like a, a nunchuck. Yes, uh, dude. That was stupid, and then, but the best. Well, I mean, there's also that part where he picks up a ship, like a whole, like a ship, yep. ship and he uses it as a baseball bat and he just yep. beats asses it. Those movies rock. I'm going to do a love letter by myself about Pacific Rim series. It's such a fun. I actually, I never saw the sequel. Don't. What sequel? What are you talking about? Okay, Please good, don't. good. I wanted to make I wanted to make sure because like I know that Del Toro wasn't involved, which is why I, I was like, no, I'm not watching, I'm not watching this. That not my Pacific Rim film is so bad. It made me angry at Charlie Day. I love Charlie Day. Uh, I, I can't I can't watch it. Man. Watch I love it. Charlie Day. Don't watch. I don't it. want to be mad at Charlie Day. I rewatched it a few uh, a few months ago, and I would say it has no redeeming qualities. So instead of watching Pacific Rim 1 and 2, watch Pacific Rim once, 1 twice. Watch Pacific Rim 1 and then also watch Pacific Rim The Black, the anime series, which is based oh, in is- Australia. Oh, okay. Is that good? I've heard very good things. I haven't watched it, but Keelan okay. was telling me about it and he said it's very, very good. Oh, okay. That's on Netflix, is it? Uh, hopefully it still is because they take everything off, but I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> I mean, speaking of other kind of Godzilla properties, I want to quickly mention also... Uh, Legacy of Monarch or Secrets of Monarch or like, the Apple Incredible TV Monarchs show. and Where to Find Them or whatever it's called. <laughs> so we started watching it very excited because you do see the trailer and you see like Desert Godzilla. I'm like, oh, fuck, I haven't seen them in sand. This is going to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same Godzilla as it ever was, but he's got some sand now. 
Um, we mentioned that Minus One have the best human story. I probably the best human story I've seen in a monster film. Yeah, easily, easily. Because it's almost a human drama with a monster in it, not a monster film with a human yeah. drama on it. So, like I said, that's why it succeeds, right? Because you are invested in these characters going about their lives, and they're they're going through their own challenges, their trials, their tribulations, and they have to do all of that in a world where sometimes Godzilla's just like, "Hey guys, and I come in, I'm going to destroy Ginza, and I'm going to." Bounce. See you guys in like 10 days. So in uh, Legacy of Monarch, they live in a, a post-Godzilla uh, world. And I'm not going to too look? much, but it's very funny because they mentioned, they uh, refer to it as G-Day. So on the screen, it comes up like, you know when you're playing Control and go to a new area, it's like big font on the screen. They do that with no. every new location. No. And just Love says, it. G-Day. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, you didn't think that through, did you, mate? <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> but there's a whole like... There are parts where it's like, oh, we've built up Godzilla's defenses. And it's just like a machine gun turret on top of a building. It's like, um, nah, dog. Nah, man. Nah, I'm telling man. you, two, two bombs or don't bother. There's a whole thing. Um, and look, I may ruin parts of um, Legacy of Monarch, but who gives a fuck? They've got um, Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell. So Wyatt Russell plays a younger version of Kurt Russell's character. Quite a cool idea. The stuff in the past, amazing. Okay. Oh, okay. Really good. The three characters have such good chemistry. White Russell is just the dude. They bond really well together. And there's some cr- really cool action and some very cool, like intriguing stuff. That reminds me a lot of Lost. It's really cool. Oh, okay. But the modern stuff. There is one episode. And again, full spoilers for it. There's one episode where you don't see any monsters. Okay, you don't go into the past either. You just see the human character. Oh, sorry, so you just see a bit of a monster, but it doesn't really matter. You know, in a film when a character gets injured, how it's like they've been shot or they've been stabbed, something, something dramatic. They've broken their leg, they've fallen. This person falls through the ice and their ankles get wet. I mean, they're they're in a snowy area and their ankles get wet, and that's their story. That's 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 the trouble they need to go through, and they're trying to find um, shelter. And during the plane they were in crashing, one of them thinks they saw a building in the distance, uh, having no way to really sort of work out how it connects to them, like, you know, location-wise, what direction it's in. But he's like, I saw it. And they're like, no, you didn't. We thought you were joking when you said that. While the plane was crashing, we thought you made a funny joke. He's like, no, why don't you all believe me? I'm going. And like, all right. So he goes off. They split up immediately, and he just goes off in a random direction, and they go off in a random direction, um, carrying the woman whose legs are wet. It's a very bad show. <laughs> You're not selling it, that's no, for sure. No, I am not. Um, look, let's just move past that. There's only Toho Godzilla films are awesome, and the some of the Netflix stuff is pretty good. Um, Singular Point, I think it's called. Is that the anime? Yeah. Uh, I've been meaning to check that out. From what I know... I mean, I wouldn't go. This is going to be a very, very easy comparison to make. But you know how Evangelion gets a bit weird? Yeah. It doesn't get that weird, but it's in that similar sort of vein of getting okay. quite esoteric with, with things. As far as I know, but I'm, I'm after watching this, I'm keen to take in as much Godzilla as I can. With a name like Singular Point, like Godzilla Singular Point, I can see it definitely going that way. Yeah, getting a bit weird. Just to start wrapping things up, I have a question for you. Godzilla as a whole. 70 years, 33 films, a bunch of animes, one very, very good morning cartoon show in the early 2000s. <laughs> is Godzilla good 
or bad. Now, I just want to preface this. This actually came about from an article I read. Uh, I, th- I think it may have been from IGN that called Godzilla the most versatile character in movie history. And I can't argue I s- that. I think that's a, yeah, no. That was a really well-written article and a, and a fascinating angle to come at it. I haven't he's, read the article, but... <laughs> he's been everything. Uh, yeah. He's had kids. <laughs> he's done fly kicks. <laughs> he fought Jet Jaguar. Also, my prediction, uh, somebody fucking cut this, but there's going to be, a, after Kong kisses Zilla, or whatever the film's called, the one after <laughs> it, Jet Jaguar's going to be it. It's going to be Chris Pratt. Oh, God. If that actually happens, you have to take full responsibility for what you're I'm putting into the world. I'm going to see in gold class, baby. Oh god, okay. I believe it. But yes, back to it. Is Godzilla is he is he a better character when he's good or when he's bad? Ah, oh, jeez. I mean, it it's so it's it's such an interesting question because I think it really depends on the movie that Godzilla is in, honestly. Like cuz like you would you could you would probably say that Godzilla in minus 1 was evil. Um and with the way that movie played out, it worked really well. Godzilla, Godzilla plays plays all the sides. He's playing both sides, so he always comes always comes out on top. Yeah. If you asked me before minus one came out, I would have said he's better, kind of good, because I don't care about the human characters in Godzilla films, and I want there to be a villain. So Godzilla has to be kind of good to fight a villain. Pretty simplistic way of looking at it. But now that I've seen that you can make a Godzilla film with proper well-written, fleshed-out, thoughtful, emotionally complex characters that you root for over Godzilla. Godzilla is the villain. I Give me more bad bad Godzilla. Because I, I, I want to see people go up against him. And I don't... I didn't want him to win in this film, which felt really well, strange. Especially, especially if they're going to... If, again, like in the Japanese Godzillas, when they've got cool plans like that. Like that one, a machine Godzilla one... If that, you you give me an, an engaging, interesting plan to take down evil Godzilla, I'm listening. I love the idea that when they're storyboarding and pitching, like writing this film, they're like, okay, we have a really complex story about uh, uh, guilt and, and, and loss and love and what could have been and valuing one's own life and you know what it means to be alive and what it means to leave things for future generations. Also, there's going to be a plot about balloons that... Give Godzilla the bends. <laughs> like, <laughs> did we run out of juice on that one, guys? I don't know. I shouldn't judge. It still, it still kicks off. But yes, let's wrap this one up before we do. Karen, in three words, what does Godzilla minus one mean to you? Oh, and you know, Jesse, I knew this was going to happen, and I didn't prepare for this at all. So <laughs> that's great. Uh, what is it? Oh, in three words, is it? God, this is a nice awkward silence. Uh, I cut the I cut look, the silences. Don't worry. Every every episode has a silence this year. It's it's too easy to set to go with it, but like I guess post war trauma. Oh, I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say choose to live. Oh, that's also good. Mm. When at the end of a movie, when Noriko says, "Is your war over?" Oh my god, I, I'm a broken man. <laughs> it I broken, <sighs> and that when that kid. We even that kid. Oh my god! That kid. The kid <laughs> the is kid. so well acted. I don't like kids. The kid in the film's fucking adorable. Can't draw for shit though. But they're hey, adorable. Hey, hey! <laughs> Do the best. Uh that part where she comes out after thinking that he's left her. Oh, it just has the on. Oh, that there were a few 
This is a Godzilla film that you could cry at. Yes. Like, this is a really, really emotionally impactful film. That, that, that entire, like, that last sequence with, with just tugging at my heartstrings the entire time. And then building and swelling up to a bit at the end with, where he's, like, with Noriko. Like, yeah, I... Oh, <laughs> it was a close one. Karen, I've been thinking about, like, Love Letters plan for 2024, and I kind of want to do a special episode every now and then called Hate Mail, where we talk about a film we don't like. Oh, boy. Can we yep. do one on... Um, can we go see Kong, Kong fucks Godzilla, or whatever it's going to be called, <laughs> and then do one straight afterwards? Uh, uh, look, sure. Like, we'll, we'll find out when that's coming out. It's going to be especially embarrassing if we come out and we're like, fuck, it was actually good. Well, I don't think it will happen, but, like, you never know. We'll just have to act. We'll just have to act. We'll probably act Pretend. better than the characters but in the yeah. film. <laughs> Tyron, do you have anything to plug? Where can people find you? Uh, look, I guess if you want to if you want to plug anything, I would say go check out this little podcast I'm on called Dialogue Options. We, we have just wrapped for the year, but there's, like, a full year of episodes to go and listen to if you haven't listened to them yet. Our most recent one was a Game Awards wrap-up where we talked about how cool the announcements were and how bad it was as a Game Awards show. Mm. <laughs> like, really, like, like, really bad. Like, really, really bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, rough. But it, it gave us one good gift, Jesse. And that was one of my new favorite memes. Please wrap it up. Please wrap it up. It also gave it one of the greatest uh, musical numbers we've ever it seen. did. And oh. look, you may hear um, some of some of Karen's thoughts on that particular uh, musical number in next week's special end of year love letters game slash movie slash TV show of the year awards. I haven't come up with a proper name for it. Fuck you. I think that's good. I've been busy. It rolls off the tongue. It rolls it's the really tongue. good. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not creative. I'm not thinking of you know magical balloon ideas. Okay, I'm not that creative. But you may hear more <laughs> of Karen's thoughts on that particular scene episode so please make sure you're following us on your socials your twitters your grams we're at love letters show on look i normally say threads on instagram i'm not doing shit in the threads i'm doing shit on my own personal threads so i'm liking threads um and we're also on twitter at love letters sorry love underscore letters pod so go check it out there's links in the description there's links on our social it's all linked together you can follow me as well i'm at jesse spanner i never plug my own stuff but look i don't really tweet anything interesting so why would you bother um and of course spotify itunes subscribe leave this show review leave dialogue options that review give them some love best video game show going around okay so get on it tell me if you think godzilla and kong will kiss (laughs) and maybe send us your own fan art (laughs) sure look i gotta gotta keep Get something to keep me warm during these cold, cold summer nights. Uh, I was going to say, summer, Jesse. Whatever, Good Lord. Whatever. <laughs> but, Kyron, thank you for joining in and talking all things Big Lizard. Thanks for having me. Uh, any, 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 any time. And listeners, thanks for joining in. I hope you've gone and seen Godzilla. If you haven't, go see Godzilla. Go, yeah, like, look up shit. your local cinemas. Yeah. There's probably still time for minus one. Like, support this film, because I think... I wouldn't be surprised if it gets another push in cinemas soon and it's like, okay, we're going to do a proper release and it's going to make bank and they're going to make sequels and it's going to be the best. Okay, so let's do it together. Community effort. Thank you for listening. Uh, stay away from trains because Godzilla's coming and we'll catch oh you next week. Uh, bye. Mwah. <laughs>